before we go, I, again, I want to, uh, to read you the card or give you the card, the information. Uh, you know, John Howard Thompson, uh, you know, his family wants to thank you so much for, uh, you know, for your love and for your prayers, for all that you have done for them and for their family during this time. Uh, you know, we, uh, we just simply continue, need to continue to lift them up in your prayers. Uh, you know, at this, you know, so just remember, uh, you know, the Thompson family, uh, you know, the, throughout this week. Continue to remember Glenda as she is, uh, she's recovering. Uh, Jimmy was here. It was good to see him here this morning. Um, but, uh, you know, she's, she's in good spirits, uh, you know, so if you can go by and visit with her, uh, you will definitely come out of there with a smile on your face and, uh, you know, your stomach muscles will be exercised from all the laughter that's, uh, you know, that's there. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, she is, I don't know the name of the, uh, you know, of the facility that she's in, but it's behind, uh, you know, the hospital. Carolina's Rehabilitation in Pineville, and that is right behind um, Atrium. Uh, you know, which was CMC Pineville, but it's Atrium in Pineville, and it's just, it's right behind there. So if you turn at the light, um, instead of going into the emergency, you turn at the light like you're going to the emergency, and it's straight past it on your right. So did I get you confused? It was 206? No, 209. Yeah, because you can't find it. It's hidden in there. Oh, no, I don't have that. I'm sorry. Wanda has it. I'm sorry. Yeah, Wanda has it. So she will get that for you if you can get it. Okay. Uh, you know, so this evening, uh, you know, Ron is going to uh, you know, bring to us the second part of our message on God Gets Us. And I have been looking forward to this. And uh, you know, not only uh, you know, is you know, because Ron is going to do this, but... Um, you know, I have over the years. I've you know really known to uh, you know come to you know to know Ron and to love Ron. And, and Ron is one of those guys, uh, you know, that uh, you always see him before you hear him. <laughs> we always see him before we hear him. We see his bright coats and uh, you know he. Always, uh, you know, Ron, come on up. Yeah, Ron. Can, can you hear me now? I thought that was I thought that was Moses introducing me. I looked for his staff, but I didn't see it. So. I didn't have enough grapes. No, I wish I could grow one like that. You, yes, thank you. Praise the Lord. I'm, yeah. I'm not working. I hear me. Y'all don't hear me? Are y'all deaf or what? Thank you so much. I don't need cold. Can y'all hear me? Hey, I need, uh, I need some handouts. Boy, that's loud. Whew. Now, I... Everybody, preacher always said, we've got to have questions, got to have, the trouble is I don't have the answers, so it doesn't really matter what he answers, not really, uh, but 
Let's see who I got here. I'm roaring a little bit. <clears throat> it's good when you got the, the guy that's teaching them how to run that, and he's up here, and he can't get back there and do that. I just tone me down just a little bit, a little bit of volume on there. I don't need one. I got the answer sheet. <laughs> but um, I had uh, another set, but I didn't run them. That's got about 30 questions on it. So I says, we can't even get the first 12, let alone the 30. But, you know, it is always good to stand and speak, uh, sing, or whatever I do. It's not the best in the world, but it's always the best I can do. And I thank God for that, you know. And while the pastor's turning, I mean, handing these out, uh, I want to ask you a question. Is there any hunters in the service tonight, like rabbit hunters, rabbit hunters? I know Grady is because I mentioned this to him. Is there any others? You know, I say this because a lot of ladies uh, hunt as well as good as men. My d hush booger. I'm not even going there. <clears throat> and uh, But there's a lot of ladies hunts as well. My daughter hunts with her husband. My stepdaughter hunts with her husband. And uh, me and Diane, she hunts with me, but it's not rabbits. It's hunting something to buy or something to eat or something, whatever, but it's still hunting. But the uh, reason I say that. <clears throat> I grew up being a, a hunter when I was a child. I was so small, my dad would carry me across the creeks, and I would have to put both feet, one foot in one pocket and one foot in the other pocket, and arm around his neck, and that's how I got across the creeks. But I started hunting at a real long, young age, and I found that, um, okay, we got a few extras. Okay, good. I found that... <clears throat> Rabbit hunting was my favorite, and the reason for that, we had two dogs. I know uh, Grady, he's got, how many you got, Grady? 20 dogs. All right, I didn't have but two to keep up with. One was an old beagle, and one was a black and tan, Joe and Brownie. When they were hunting, my dad, you know, dad, dad, you could understand, I'm going to have to pull this down a little bit, uh, when those rabbit dogs, now you correct me, Grady, uh, if I'm wrong, but you could tell when those dogs would ch or hit a trail of a rabbit. You'd hear one bark, then you'd hear the other one bark. And the thing was, whoever barked first, he kept a point. The rest of the time, the other dog, which our dogs, would stay behind, but yet they would support him. And he would bark, woof, 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 you know. But he wouldn't, I mean, it would be a gap in between. <clears throat> but now, wait a minute. Okay. When we were, yeah, there you go. Would you be my doggy today? Okay. But, uh, but the closer that dog got to that rabbit, his bark would get faster and faster. And faster. And I always wondered. I heard my dad holler, go get him, Brownie. Go get him, Blackie. You know, and uh, I heard that. And I asked Dad one day, I says, why do you talk to the dogs? And he says, one reason, letting them know I'm supporting them. 
The other reason is let them not forget where I am. And uh, he said, and? I said, uh, I said, and then what? He said, well, if you let them know where you, you are, they'll bring that dog or that rabbit back to you. He said, now you go up on the ridge there and stand there for a few minutes. And all of a sudden, I'd be up there, and here comes old Joe or Brownie. And you'll see the rabbit about as far as from here to that door. They'd be right behind him, getting him. Always bringing him back to me. Am I right? Nothing any better. So today, or tonight, should I say, <clears throat> I'm going to be a rabbit. I mean, I'm going to be a rabbit dog. And the reason I'm going to be a rabbit dog, I might speak to you from Genesis. I might speak to you from Revelations. I might speak to you from Hebrews. I might speak to you from Matthews. I may chase a long way, but don't worry. I'll bring your, dog, your, your rabbit back to you, okay? So if you hear me get up here and go, woof, you know I'm, I'm getting a smell of him. But if you hear me up here going, woof, 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 you know I'm getting close to him. So if I hear y'all start doing that, I'm going to leave. But no, <clears throat> but <laughs> there you go. There's the dog. But it is great. Uh, this morning's, let me ask you, uh, do we have many Bibles with you today? Raise your Bible if you've got one. Okay. Let me recommend to you. Okay. Now, it may be a translation Bible. It may be the Bible on the front pew. It doesn't matter. Just bring God's Word because I was looking. That's ironic. I was hoping Brother Mickey would be here. I was looking at uh, some of the scriptures today and what I'm going to be reading from. And there was Brother Mickey Smith's sermon, verses. I wrote in my Bible, and I wrote when he preached and what was the name of his sermon. And other preachers, I got brother, some of Brother John's. Always bring your Bible. I believe in bringing the Bible. For one reason is not all translations are right, okay? I remember when we first got married, I bought me and Diane a Bible to start our marriage off on. We carried our translation to the, to the church. Preacher started preaching, and lo and behold, what he was preaching was not in my Bible. And he preached out the King James Version. And I got to looking, there was verses missing out of that translation. I got to looking and the blood was left out of that translation. So whatever you do, it's not the translation, but make sure it follows along with the Word of God. I'm always a believer. The best translation I've ever seen, one side of the page had the King James Version. The other side of the page had the translation in whatever it was, whether it's NIVs or whatever. And they went side by side. So get a good translation. Another thing I would like you to remember, does most of you have some good books at home that you like to read? The, Max Licato, we've been following him for many years, and the pastor has. He's got books. We've got books. He's got one. If How many thinks the King James Version is a hard uh, Bible to understand. Raise your hand. Okay. It is. But Max came out with one 
I believe, what was it, Pastor John? The Living Word or the Word? Max Licato and some person helped him. Get that. It's like reading a storybook, but it's just like the Word of God. I'm a believer in Max Licato. He does a good job. And this, this book here, oh gosh. When Pastor John gave it to us, <clears throat> well, he gave us the outline saying this is going to be, we ordered the books and I got to reading and I just got more engulfed and more engulfed. And I got to talking to the pastor about it. And I said, do you, do you, do He said, yes. And he was getting the same way, you know, because some of the things that's in it lit a fire in my life and in my heart because I've experienced some of these things. So today, <clears throat> as the pastor has, has read this morning, it's going to be from Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. So, <clears throat> if you will, if you got your Bible, read with me. <clears throat> Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. <clears throat> For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When I read the scriptures, there's different points there. Pastor mentioned this morning, uh, let us hold fast our profession. Uh, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. You know, <clears throat> but... I like that when I first read this, it says, uh, for we have not. I left out a not. And it says, for we have a high priest which cannot be touched. And I said, something's wrong. Our high priest, you know, he's there. But what he was talking about here was when he mentioned the high priest, I'm going to carry you back <clears throat> to Exodus, if we will. You remember when they wanted a temple or a place, a tabernacle that they could worship God in, that they could feel God being with them and wherever they went. You remember the story, uh, God, uh, he would go in a cloud of uh, fire and then, you know, he, they had this temple there and they had three different areas in that temple, the outer court, the holy place and the holy of holies. Now, the outer court was 150 feet by 75 feet. The holy place was 90 feet by 15 feet. But the holy of holies was 15 by 15 by 15 feet, it is. <clears throat> That's where God came and abode with his people. And when it said, hello. But when he said that <clears throat> the place, the high priest would make sacrifices uh, and carry them in. They had different positions in that temple to place their offering. And <clears throat> we find once a year, there was the Day of Atonement. The priest, he would uh, carry the blood. I'm not going through. If you want to go back to that, go to Exodus and read that. But 
One time a year, he would go back and apply the blood to the mercy seat for the sin of the people, for him and his people. So, but when he went in, you know, the first part of it, he would do the slaughtering of the animals. He would do the blood offering, the burn off, all of this. But when he got to the Holy of Holies, we find that <clears throat> uh, when he would get prepare himself to go in, he would have a special outfit or, or a dress attire, if you would, that he would wear. Also, <clears throat> some even said they would put bales around them tied on their feet and as long and a rope around their waist and it would say that if if they if God accepted that sacrifice then uh now if that little bring sounds good to y'all it's okay with me don't bother me but uh if they accepted his sacrifice God accepted the sacrifice you would hear him walking around and those bells would start dingling okay but if they stopped they knew that God had not accepted that sacrifice and struck him dead. And they'd pull him out. Now, how did he get into that place? You remember, there was a veil, a big veil, all the way from top to bottom. And so when that priest would go in, he had to make sure that everything was right for him. Now, the difference is, no matter what he offered up, it was not sacrificial enough. Every year, that priest would have to go in every year and offer that, that atonement for sin. Every year. Until Jesus came along. Oh, this is where I get to thinking. You see, Jesus, oh, excuse me a minute. He went, if you will, in your mind, think about it. The outer court, that's where they beat Jesus. That's where they did him just like they did those animals, that sacrifice. They beat him until the blood ran down. Then they put him on the cross. That was the second place. And he stayed there until he went to the third place. The third place he went in, and that was the Holy of Holies. But it was the Holy of God. It wasn't the Holy of Holies. It was the Almighty Holy of Holies. Now, the first priest, he had to carry a smoke offering. because So what it did, it, it covered his eyes. It covered his face. So he could not see God. God could not look upon sin. He could not. So if that priest would go in and he happened to see God. He would be struck dead. But I'm so glad that Jesus, when he... Now, let me tell you. Now, this is my... My wife says I've got an analytical mind that... Y'all know I'm half crazy anyway. But I got to thinking, God... I think God reached down one day and sent a special angel down to earth when Jesus was being crucified. And I think within that special angel, he had a golden vessel a heavenly vessel. And every time a drop of blood would reach and drop on the ground, that angel would pick that blood up and put it in that vessel. And I believe that every time that blood ran down my Savior, 
that blood went into that heavenly vessel. And I'll tell you why. Because when Jesus left the three uh, states, if you will, and he walked up to the Holy of Holies, he didn't have to have smoke to cover his head or his face because he could look upon God. That was his heavenly Father. That was his image. And you know, so I think when Jesus walked in to the Holy of Holies in heaven, I believe that angel walked over to him and handed him that golden vessel because remember he said he put his blood on the altar that sacrificed forever and forever. That other blood only lasted one year, but his blood is still lasting. It's lasted over 20, what, 2,000 years and still lasting. It's just as strong today as it was the day it fell that day. So I believe Jesus walked in and he grabbed a hold of that vessel and walked over to that sacrifice and poured it on the altar. Well, praise the Lord, I'm glad that blood is still working on my life and he's working on your life well. The preacher told me, he said, now y'all can't preach. Well, I'm not trying to preach. I'm just trying to express what I feel God wants me to do. So when he, but now the holy, the other man, now let's stop. The high priest, remember, he came back out. But Jesus didn't. After he poured the blood on there, he walked over to the Holy of Holy seats where the God Almighty was sitting. And he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And that's where he's sitting today. He's still sitting, intermissing inter in our prayers and our thoughts and us to him. In other words, he has us. He's got us right there. He's carrying us. When we need him, he's there. The other priest couldn't make it. There's never been a priest on this earth. It says, <clears throat> there's never been a prophet. There's never been a patriotic. Uh, there's been a, never the most noble in all the Old Testament leaders was not worthy as Jesus Christ. He was better than any priest. He was better than any angel. He was better than anyone. There was no parallel. There was no equal. There's nothing equal to Jesus Christ. And you see that, what, where I brought all that out is, <clears throat> I know that's back out there in the Old Testament. Jesus tells us, if we'll study the Word, I don't want to jump too far because if I do, I'll jump in the middle of something else. That I don't want to say, oh, I did forget this. I forgot that I was supposed to speak, what, January, last of January. Then it moved up to February, March because things happened. Then it moved up to now. <clears throat> okay, all of that time, I was ready back in January and then he said, you got a little bit more time. So I got to study a little bit more. So really, I've got about three and a half hours of talking to do tonight. So, you know, I would have had that hour 45 minutes back over yonder. But now I've got an old hour and a half. But not really, not really. I've got a little script I want you to watch it on TV. It was really, Max Licato came out with some stories. All of his books has got uh, things in it that will... Uh, Bless your heart. But this story is true. A few weeks ago, <clears throat> my mail carrier came to my office, a new guy, 
And we were talking, and he says, I just got back off of vacation. And I said, well, I knew I hadn't seen you for a while. And he says, I went home for vacation. I said, where's home? He said, Oregon. I said, that's ironic. Oregon. That's where this lesson or this story is coming from. There's a softball uh, college. Ladies, a softball team was playing Washington State's softball team. And I asked him, I said, do you know, you know, a lot of times you hear stories and you think, well, maybe somebody's in blood, you know, you know me, if I tell you a story, it might have been mustered up a little bit. But I asked him, I said, so was, um, was that true? He said, was it true? He said, yes, I was there when it happened. And he said, I'll send you a skip, a cut off of the newspaper there. So this, well, a radio story, TV stories. This is a, a cut off of that. So I want you to watch it, and then I'll get back with you. Okay, I'm ready. <coughs> a field, way back. Touch him all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Alongside such unforgettable home runs. The setting for this one was a bit different. In a small town in the middle of Washington State, on a field inside a chain-linked fence, in a game fewer than a hundred people saw. A home run memorable not for the distance it traveled, or the game it decided, but for the meaning it carried. The last Saturday in April, the second game of a softball doubleheader between Central Washington and Western Oregon. Well, we were both neck and neck fighting for the conference championship. As a senior, this was Sarah Tukolsky's last chance to win a championship. She'd never hit a home run before, not in college, not in her life. A 5'2", I'm not very tall. Um, I'm more a line drive hitter, I don't hit for power. But in the top of the second inning, with two runners on, on the second pitch, that changed. I hit that pitch and it just went. <laughs> and we're just cheering and the runners are cheering us around the base to head home. And then I'm going, where's Sarah? In her excitement, Tukolsky failed to touch first base, so she quickly turned back. Her pivoting leg just didn't pivot with her, and I heard her kind of yell, and she just dropped to the ground, and I was like, oh, no. Just fell immediately and was in a lot of pain. Just, you know, I tried to keep my leg straight, but I was in so much pain that I couldn't really keep still. Tukolsky, with a torn ACL, crawled back to first base. She was a long way from reaching home plate and keeping her first and only home run. Can you imagine the feeling that Sarah had that day? Now, you know, I want to put that with God's call for us. How many of us, we, we get to running around the life's bases and things happen. We fall. We, we stumble. We get hurt. 
You know, people don't understand when you get saved, we think this is what we do. We get on our pews and we sit there and we don't do anything else until Jesus comes. That's all we do. That's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to get in there and fight. I've got some things. I'm not going to answer a question. I started to give you a question, but it was on there. But God wants us to keep working. A lot of people say, well, we got six days to work and a day to rest. No, you got seven days a week to work every day. God wants you to work every day. God wants you to witness every day. I thank God for my job because every day of my life, just about, I get to witness to somebody. They'll come into my office and we get to talking about God. And he picked, you know, I get knocked down. How many Christians has ever got knocked down before? Raise your hand. Just like Sarah, she fell and she couldn't get back. And she went back, crawled back to the first base. People, can I say this? We've got bases to touch in our walk with Christ. You can't make it to heaven unless you touch the bases. I'm a baseball softball player. The preacher was wanting to, to use this one this morning. I said, you use the basketball. I'll use the baseball. I, you know, he said, no, I want it. But needless to say, you've got to touch every base. And I want to tell you, a lot of us are not touching bases today for God. We're pretending or we're going through the motion of doing God's work. But we're not. We're not touching the bases. We've got to touch all the bases. If we don't, we're not going to make it to heaven. We're not going to get in there. We've got to get sincere with what God wants us to do. So you see, just like Sarah, she got started, and she run by that first base. She didn't touch it. So she went back, crawled as she turned I've had that to happen. That is, I laid up in the bed, my knee was this big. I've had that to happen. Couldn't walk. She crawled up and sat there holding her knee and crying. Now, here, the temptations came in. What was the temptations? First of all, let somebody go out there and help her. Let her teammates carry her. They asked their, their umpires and the referees, can we help her? No, if you touch her, it's out. And they were about to win the game. They'd never won the game. So here she was. She was saying, what do we do? What do we do? How many of us have fallen? How many of us have gotten knocked down? And we say, what do we do? The temptations comes to us. The temptations will do this. Oh, how many times have I had something to do in my life, but the temptations was there. And I, and I failed. I failed. Now I want to tell you, go back to the Scriptures. You remember when Jesus went into the wilderness and was tempted? I was studying that. And... I want to back up. I, you know, you got the story in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. But I like Matthew's version best. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. But the version was 
Jesus came upon the place where John the Baptist was baptizing the people. He came up to be baptized. How many fishermen in here? How many loves to fish? Raise your hand. Wouldn't you like to have been out on the water when Jesus was being baptized? Let me tell you why. <laughs> Diane says, Ronnie, that analytical mind of yours has gone wild. But I mean, I was thinking, you know, just think a minute. Jesus came up to the River Jordan. What did John say? Oh, no, I'm not worthy in human, in my terminology. I'm not worthy to baptize you. You baptize me. No, John says, it's written. It's got to be this way. This is what I'm saying about the Jesus. And if I was a fisherman, I'd love to have been there that day. And the reason for that is this. I believe when Jesus stepped out into the water, I believe those fishes, they, they looked around. They said, our master, our creator has come. Let's go see him. Let's go see the creator. And I believe so much that the fishes was so thick there that I believe that Jesus had to walk slow and push him out of the way. You said that, Diane said, that's not in the Bible. I know, but it's in my head. I can see that. I can see that. Oh, can't you imagine them fishermen? All they'd have to do is just scoop them out. I mean, they had them there. This morning, Jesus came on the scene. Jesus was here. But he had plenty of room to walk because we wasn't like those little fishes. We didn't want to touch the master. We didn't want to get close to the master. We didn't want, we just wanted to sit back. As the preacher said, something's wrong. Didn't you, preacher? You said something's wrong. We're not worshiping like God wants us to worship. And I don't believe we do. I don't believe we worship like God wants us to worship. I believe God wants us to worship in truth and in holiness. We're a holy bunch of people. Let's get back to it. So then after Jesus, I'm getting to my point in a minute. I just thought about them fishes again. And, but, you know, then Jesus, it tells the story there. I'm not going into all that. Then Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days. For 40 days, Jesus went out there. He didn't eat. He fasted. He was hungered. And Satan came and what? Tempted him. Satan came and tempted him. Now let me ask you a question. Is Satan stupid? He's not. But he must have been that day. Why? Because the scripture says God cannot sin. God cannot be tempted. Read the scriptures. So why did Satan tempt him? Because there was somebody else there. I, me and preacher laughed about this. There was a man God there. You say a man God. Yes, a man God. He was part man, human, and part God. So Satan knew he couldn't get a hold of God, but he could get a hold of man. So let's stop and think. What did he do? You say, we only know of three temptations, don't we? We don't know all the temptations. I believe it was every temptation. Maybe it was lust. Maybe it was money. Maybe it was whatever. 
Whatever temptation you and I have today, that's the temptation that Jesus went through. He was tempted. Man was tempted. God could not be tempted. So we find that Jesus, what did he do? I'm going to answer that in a minute. When we get saved, we come to the altar. God says, if you believe and confess, you shall be saved. But then we get right on the edge of this. This is salvation. That's the world. This is God. We get on the edge. Why do we get on the edge? So we can look back into our sin. Instead of looking here, God wants us to get over here where the center of everything is. You get into the center of where God is and you won't sin. You won't fall under temptation because you're over here. He's protecting. But when you get here, it's easy to, oh, reach back. Oh, reach back. But Jesus gave all the times I've heard this story. All the times I've heard the temptations. God revealed to me one thing this time. If I don't get anything else out of this message, I got this. He revealed to me that it's not the temptations. The temptations is not sin. Temptations. It's just a temptation. Sin is when you yield to that temptation. When you do that temptation. When you rob somebody or you do something wrong. When you confess to it. But what did Jesus do when temptations came? Let's look at it if we will. Okay? I could ask you and probably you're going to know. <coughs> Jesus said... I want to go over there. If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Next one. Cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and their hands they shall bear up thee up, lest any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. But what did Jesus said? It is written. Every time Satan came at Jesus, what did he say? It is written. He used the word of God. That's why we fail so much. We don't take the Word of God, and we don't place it in our heart. We don't bring it in here and love it. One day I was looking at a, preacher, a friend of mine, preachers. I looked at his Bible, and there were stains on that Bible. And I looked at it, and I said, Brother, what are those stains in that Bible? What is that? And he looked at me, and a tear started running down his eyes. And I know how this feeling is, and I know Brother John does. You get to reading the Word, and you get so engulfed in it, a tear comes up. God squeezes that heart, and that, blood, that tear runs down that cheek and runs down onto the Word of God. Those are sanctifying tears, what they are. You know, you get your loved one that's lost. Okay, that's sanctifying tears because we prayed for them. 
And then he said, I kissed the Word of God. He'd reach down. How many of us today has kissed the Word of God today? This is our love letter. When I was in service, I remember. Oh, do I remember. We was away from home. Away from home. I'd get a letter in. I'd get that letter and I'd read it. I'd put it in my old army shirt. And I'd go out and work during the day and every break. I'd pull that letter out and I'd read those precious words that was home at from my darling family. You know, I'd say, oh, that's my family back home. Okay, right now we're standing here and we'd have to dust the, wipe the dust off the Bible because we're not reading the Word. We're not reading that story that He's telling us. That's what our problem is. That's why we keep falling in sin. Jesus had no sin. Why? Because he said, it is written. In the old scriptures, they tell us that they would put scriptures around their head, on their wrist. Why? They would learn that scripture. So when old Satan come in and started tempting them, they could say, thus saith the word of God. Try it. I've done it. I've had temptations in my office before. And I said, oh, God, I flip open my Bible. Yes, I've got a Bible on my desk. I flipped open the Bible, and it came up to a section, and I read it. And what did it say? Thus saith the word. And guess what? Old Satan had to leave. That's the same way when Jesus was there. When Jesus was being tempted there on the mountain, Satan found out right quick. What did he say? The word says. He heard it so much he had to leave. Satan had to leave. That's what we need to do. Squirt, quote the word of God when you get tempted. Get close. And what that's doing is getting you away from the edge of salvation to the center of salvation. That's what God wants us in here with him so he can love us and to hold us and embrace us. That's what God's wanting. Now, we're going to come up to the last part of this, this movie or this film that I've got because there was three things that the temple or that the message was bringing us. God loves us through tribulations. God loves us through trials, and God loves us through his blood and his love. Listen to the last. When she got back to first base, she just, she laid there and she hugged on to first base. And then I, at that time, I was staring at the base and I go, what on earth are we going to do? And I turned the umpire standing right next to me. I said, what is the ruling if I put somebody in for Sarah? He said, it'll be a two-run single. If anybody would have on her team would have helped uh, Sarah, she would have been a called, called out. That was the problem. None of Tukolsky's teammates were allowed to touch her. That's when Central Washington's Mallory Holtman, a player with more home runs than any other in conference history, a player for the opposing team, spoke up. I went to the home plate umpire and asked if we could pick her up and carry her. 
and he looked at me a little strange. And the umpire went and said, yes, you can do that. I'm still standing there in shock. I don't, I said, thank you so much. We asked her, so like, is it okay if we pick you up and carry you around the bases? And I say yes, and you know, and say thank you. And she says, you hit the ball over the fence, you deserve it. For that reason only, because she deserved it, Holtman and Liz Wallace began to carry the injured Tukolsky, stopping to touch her left foot on each base as the three made their way around the diamond. We actually started laughing because we were just wondering what this would look like to all the people in the stands. When I looked up, I, I didn't see, you know, giant like, smiles and screams. I saw emotion and tears and, and people crying. It's a great moment when someone has character to step up and do the right thing at the right time. It's emotional. You're proud. Be associated with those kids. That's the first home run of the season for number eight, Sarah Tikolsky. The fact is, you know, I I made my goal. I hit a home run, and um, yeah, it's my last at bat of my career. But I, you know, made my goal, so I'm proud of myself. Mallory Holtman, Liz Wallace, and the Central Washington team lost the game that day, 4-2. Sarah Tukolsky lost the rest of her season and her career to a knee injury. But for the spirit of sportsmanship, a greater victory. Made on a long trot around the bases, a trip that truly touched them all. I have a lot of respect for her and put her in high regards, um, her and her teammates. And, you know, I can't thank her enough. Afterwards, Central Coach Frederick said he received a clarification from the umpiring supervisor who said NCAA rules do allow a substitute to run for a player who is injured after a home run. Now, this past Saturday, the final day of the season, Sarah Tukolsky's Western Oregon team clinched its league title. It's the first conference championship in the school's history. They will compete in the Division II regional playoffs later this week. Amen. Did you see what happened? The other team came and carried her around and let her touch the bases. When a soul gets down here at this altar, you and I are supposed to come down, pick that person up, and carry them around. They might not know how to call. They might not know how to touch that base. But it's mine and your job to lead and to show her what to do or show him, whichever it is. She made the example that we need to be. Now let's bring it down to earth. I've fallen. I've been down on the ground. 
I couldn't do anything. But then, my heavenly father, he reached down. He picked me up. And he said, I'll carry you the rest of the way. And whatever bases I needed to touch, he let me touch them. He carried me all the way. And then one of these days, he's still carrying me, people. And one of these days, I'm going to cross the home plate. And when I get to the home plate, he'll set me down. Praise the Lord, aren't you glad that God is so still God of gods? You say, how can this be? Because God loves us. God loves us more than anything. She fell. The teammates helped. Christ is carrying us in like manner. He said, Ronnie, you, you, you kind of, well, I told you my mind ain't all the way here. But I will tell you one thing. My God is. So do you have something in your life that maybe you're not touching the base? Think about it. Are you touching every base that you're supposed to go? Are you, are you shunning some of them? Are you shunning some of the bases? You say, but I'm a Christian. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Remember that. I'll leave that with you today. You can say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But until you live the life, until you walk the strength and walk the road, as Christ wants you to walk, you'll not make it to heaven. You'll not make it. So with that, I'll turn it back over to the pastor. <clears throat> Thank you, Ron. I think that was good. The understanding of where we are. Uh, Ron didn't make this mention, but of course, in the video, she could, you know, at the end, they said that she could have had that substitute, but of course, at that time, they didn't. The only solution that they had was for the other team to pick her up and her to make it around the bases. The only way that we are able to make it, like Ron said, the only way that we are able to make it is if Jesus Christ picks us up and carries us. Let's stand for dismissal. Remember the announcements that we had. Uh, Chick-fil-A Wednesday. Everybody, uh, I know you love Chick-fil-A. Okay, Chick-fil-A Wednesday. Uh, you know, Gene, just because you don't love them, you have to go twice. That's why your pacemakers not work. Chick Fil A Wednesday fundraiser for the you know for the uh, you know for our children's department. Also remember that we will be voting, okay, um, on the sixteenth. So just be mindful of that. Uh, we'll be voting. That's all members will be voting. Um, and again, if there's anyone that is interested in being a delegate, uh, you know, for district assembly, it's July twenty first, twenty second, and twenty third. So if you're interested in that, please let me know, uh, you know, so that we can get that information on the ballot for you. All right. And there's one other announcement that we had this morning, Fifth Sunday Singing. Okay. So please make sure that you get in touch with Robbie, uh, you know, on that. Uh, and let's remember 
uh, you know, uh, just in case y'all didn't know, Susan and Kelly is not here. Uh, Susan and Kelly is filling in as the music leaders um, at Hartsville, uh, you know, Church of the Nazarene. So they will not be able to be with us for the fifth Sunday singing. So we need at least three other people to step into their place. Yeah, but they normally sing three songs. Amen. So we need three other people to step into their place. Yes, there is a meeting on Wednesday. Uh, there's a, a vacation Bible school meeting uh, Wednesday, and that will start at 6 o'clock. Okay, so uh, and everybody needs to be there. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I'll put my name on there twice. <laughs> yes, yes, Dave Lyle. Okay, for the Chick Fil A. Okay, uh, just make sure that you that you have that. Okay, uh, yeah, Darren. Yes. Tomorrow at three um, is Graveside. Um, and uh, they will have a service following the graveside or a um, meeting uh, where you can meet, uh, you know, the family and stuff at Grace following the graveside service. Okay. Um, I have the address uh, to the uh, place. I forgot it. It's, it's not stuck into my brain. So if you would like to go, huh? Grandview? Where's that at? No, I'm kidding. Grandview Funeral <laughs> Brand new grave, it's on cemetery, and it's on cherry. Okay. Okay, that wasn't on my email. Where is it? White sales. That's the meal for the family at Grace. I was confused because it said a service. Receiving a 